Are you your best version? Stick around to the end of this episode to know more about the app that is revolutionizing the way of meditating with technology, science, and quality music. Tune in with us and be the best version of yourself today. Enjoy the episode. You tune in. Knowing about our guest. Yoski Chadmerliert. He is 29 years old, born in Bangkok, Thailand. He meditated since six years old, trained as a professional classical pianist from the age of 10, attended the world-class Royal College of Music in London at 14 years old, as its youngest student ever, trained for Bachelor and Master of Music too, ordinated as a Buddhist monk at Mahathat Temple in Bangkok, He started gymnastics at 23 years old, training to compete professionally. He became a pilot and also Guinness World Records title holder for fastest solo helicopter journey through all 48 lower U.S. states. One of only 2,000 pilots in the USA with the highest ratings for helicopter and airplanes. Welcome, Yoski, to you tune in. It's a pleasure to have you here. Hi there. Um, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me today. Um, I cannot exactly go um, with the word genius. I think uh, that's a little bit of an over um, emphasis on on me. Um, I I'm very fortunate and I'm very grateful to have the opportunities to uh, carry out all these things. Um, but I I can definitely say that. Um, uh, it's it's a it's a very interesting um, thing to hear that it is um, indeed those are achievements. But um, I never thought of it that way. I never thought of them as as achievements. Um, to me, I feel that I can always improve myself. There's always something that you can learn, and there's always uh, spaces to grow. Um, and I I never stop myself from from actually learning. Um, those things happens almost like a bonus to to you being able to um, be with yourself and being okay with with actually not doing anything. It sounds a little bit strange, but um, it's it's something that comes from I think within and um, something that comes from some something more simple like meditation focusing your energy and being present in this world um, that enabled me subconsciously, I believe, to achieve the goals in athletics, music and academics. Um, and I believe that these things come um, as a goal to ho hopefully for me to inspire others and show others that um, you too can achieve great things and um, the limitations happen only in the brain, in our mind, the voices in our heads that tell us what we can and what we can't. And when we make friends with those voices, when we embrace those um, inner, inner chatter in our head, that's when we're able to question whether 
um, those voices are speaking our truth, or perhaps we can um, we can challenge those voices and ask if you know what what I'm doing um, is it really true that you have to be much older to understand music on a spiritual level? Is it really true that you have to start gymnastics when you're three years old? Um, is there such a thing as too early, too late, or too inexperienced? When do you believe you started to have this mindset? I think it comes subconsciously without me knowing. Um, ever since my mother pretty much forced me to meditate because mm -hmm. as a child, um, six years old, you want to go and play, you want to go out there. Um, at the same time, there was good balance between actually sitting and being, being with yourself, meditating and not doing and letting yourself hear your own thoughts. And at the same time, um, being exposed to the, the life of doing different things. Like my, my mother would um, make me learn the flute, the violins, and you know, I expose you to all these activities to find what um, really speaks to you. But I never liked them. I've uh, always thought that that's just a very, you know, a stereotypical thing in Asia that we are forced to do many, many things until um, until something else um, surfaced in within me that I was able to find those disciplines such as the piano as my friend and really excel. I really do believe that these mindsets come from something for me, some something negative. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. It's actually, um, so a little bit about uh, my, my childhood life, um, that my parents actually married and divorced each other four times within the first ten years of my life. So um, they're both businessmen and women. And um, it wasn't until I started to feel this extreme loneliness and um, the desire to, to, to be um, with to, to be understood, if you like, um, that I started facing the piano and really connect to it on a much deeper spiritual level. Um, I think that's that's when the negative things actually happens to push us um, closer to spirituality and closer to understanding ourselves. Not always a bad thing. If if I'm getting it right, uh, you'd like me to explain what. Um, what have I learned and carried on as a monk and how has that helped me in, t uh, in, in my life today? Mm -hmm. um, so the one thing that I have definitely learned being a monk is, uh, is attachment um, and this is the, the heart of um, Buddhism and um, monk. Being monk in Thailand is that you, you practice um, being able to let go of any attachments to happiness, to sadness, to pain, to pleasure. Um, and once you're able to learn to detach yourself from those things, will come the time that you will actually be able to play with them. So I use um, colors as uh, as a, most like a, to, to explain this better, um, I will describe them as colors. So desires, um, materialistic things in the world, they're almost like colors. And many people um, say that, oh, those are not good, and those are this, and those are bad. Um, 
when, when you're able to pass through that experience, you are not, you're no longer attached to those. And when you're not attached to those colors, then that's when you're able to actually use them and play with them without um, fear, fearing um, that they will turn out bad or that it's, it's almost like achieving your childhood again. So um, those achievements that you have mentioned before, um, to me, those are just colors. Just me playing with the different colors in the life that I was very, uh, very fortunate to, to, to have been given. Um, you see, I see things a little bit like uh, you're given different colored crayons in this world when, when we are born. Um, some of us are given only black and white, some of us are given uh, you know, red and blue, some of us have many more shades, but doesn't mean that you cannot create something spectacular because there are many forms of art and many forms of creation. Um, it's up to us to what colors and what, what we create and what we draw and what we paint with those crayons. So um, those world things, when you become detached and able to learn um, not to get attached to emotions, to um, to pleasure, to pain, to happiness, and to all these things. That's when you're able to actually experience them um, and and really enjoy them as just being different colors of life. It's uh, almost like reverting back to being a child. Um, when you're a child, you don't really understand the the seriousness of um, perhaps. Uh, maybe bankruptcy or perhaps losing your job or or winning the lottery absolutely good at that so um, at that time everything is good and it's regaining that enthusiasm in in just in just seeing how the world flows and not getting attached to the good things and the bad things and by doing so you're able to enjoy um, the world as it is good and bad you know rain is beautiful um, thunderstorms is beautiful um, the sun is beautiful and everything comes to you then after the non-attachment as just events that that reminds you that you are human. That's a great way of sharing it. Um, but what I can say is that uh, you don't have to become a monk to be able to experience that state. Um, that is something that you can you can experience it just just through any any activities in life, anything. Um, that you do if you are a musician, if you're an athlete, if you have a, a table job, if you have a, um, anything, even when you're walking and sleeping. And, and this is very uh, interesting because um, the time that I was a monk, we didn't just sit and meditate. We had eating meditation, we had walking meditation, we had speaking meditation. So meditation is something that um, you can practice at any activities in your daily life, at anything that you are doing um, on, on all levels. The non-doing, um, as it speaks for itself, is all about not doing. And actually, um, during my time as a monk in Thailand, um, I was able to experience this state of um, doing the most difficult thing, which is actually not doing anything. Um, it, is, is, it is actually the, the ego's way um, of, of taking over, if you like, um, when, we, when we feel that we are doing something. Um, and on a lot of the time, the process and the functions of the body and our mind and our emotions, our spirit works together as a whole 
without us needing to um, to put in effort. And now when I speak about not doing, this is not about uh, being lazy or not um, not wanting to feel motivation to do something. Um, it's slightly of a paradox against the belief of the Western world um, that we need to be doing something all the time. So, um, funnily enough, when you practice not doing and not doing, you will be able to experience that your actions will end up um, being more filled with intents. You'll be more powerful. Those actions will actually become actions and not reactions to the world. So, um, it is a way for us to to press the autopilot, to, to, to press stop to the autopilot button and um, to actually put our consciousness into choosing and making that choice of the actions that we want to, uh, to carry out. You're going to talk about not doing things when you spend your whole life doing, 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 doing things. Where this motivation came from and why you wanted so much to talk about it right now in this time where the world is frozen, right? Right, um, so that's that's a funny one because it only makes sense when I look backwards but it never makes sense when I looked forward um, from that moment. Now, if I were to try to explain it, it would be those achievements and doing a lot of things never felt like doing to me. Those just felt like a let out of some kind of passion, of something that I love. It never felt like effort. And it turned out to be more effort than I could ever imagine. Because I did not feel that I had to do it. And those were just me being aligned with, um, with my, my own passion. What I really love, what I, um, what I would love to share with the world, and what, what I would love um, the, to inspire the world with. And doing what you love is one of the things that is the most powerful that you can do. Um, you will know that because it doesn't feel like hard work, but it ends up being more hard work than it actually is. Not doing anything is um, it's more, it's more about the mind, about thinking. Um, for example, we play tennis. What would happen if, if we only if, if we are thinking about every single muscle movement, we would get frozen. Our, our brain would slow, um, our reaction would slow. That would be a, uh, that would be a stop in the flow. Um, what would happen when we play music and we have to think about every single little technical details, then the music would not flow. You would not be able to, um, to convey what you want to convey in music. What would happen if I speak to you right now and I have to think about how my tongue should be moving? Oh my gosh, like that already stressed me out. So, um, <laughs> do you get um, yes, yes. to, to, to get to? So you just have to let it flow. Um, Has, yeah. So can I say that not doing and, and what you want to express is have set an intention and let the energy flow through you. So actions will always be actions, um, but the doing implies that you have to have uh, a kind of effort. The word that I would like to replace that is more of a letting. So you still do, but you are not... You are allowing yes, it. Absolutely. Instead of doing it. Right. You allow it to be within you.
you allow yourself to feel what you want to feel, you allow yourself to sometimes feel that you are lazy, you allow yourself to feel um, that you don't want to be doing something, you completely accept everything that you feel and by doing so will be able to enable you to make a decision um, that is clear and when you make that decision to actually take an action, that action will not be a do, that action will be a manifestation of of you, of your of your very aligned self, and those would be the real the focus actions. of attention. Absolutely, and those are the uh, the the, um, the actions that would be powerful. Don't be discouraged. <laughs> that that doesn't work uh, straight away. As for kids, their mind are not made to be still. So what we want to do here is actually almost tricking them into experiencing the state without them knowing. The different things, different tactics that we can use um, for them to experience that state. You can make it fun, meditation as a game. Um, we can have a little competition to see who makes the least sound and who can stay the still for the longest. Now, of course, you don't want to make meditation into competition and to say long term, but it's just one of those things that we can actually get the kids experience that now. I believe that long term it is still um, a kind of discipline and disciplines are not built overnight. So we have to um, understand that it, it is a process and it takes time overnight. So just to have your kids participating um, is already a success. But consistency in doing that and not needing them to be there for a long amount of time, um, we can start off with perhaps one minute. And then we start off with two minutes the day after for a few days and we can build that up. But consistency um, in building any skills is uh, extremely vital. Looking back now, I don't see anything as a bad at all. Um, I see it as a challenge for the parents um, to be able to, to, to make the kids go there. Um, and I, I see it as a challenge as well um, that not many people are able to see the, the, the importance of um, meditation and starting that at a young age. Now, as a child, um, I didn't understand why we had to meditate. So um, what my mom told me was that if I meditate for long enough, I would, I would gain the ability to be able to flow. So that's one of the things that, of course, um, being a superpower junkie, I really wanted that to happen. And so I tried, um, and of course, you know, like uh, finding out that it was a lie, by the time you find out that, you have already gained all the benefits from it. So um, it's definitely, it's definitely um, not something that you can understand as a child, but um, incorporate that into a child's uh, development is um, very important and you will be able to see in, um, in their performance for their academic uh, athletics and even their um, obedience to you and their cooperation to the parents that it will gradually improve. Great. And do you remember when was the time that you started to enjoy meditation? It actually came after me learning the piano and understanding and growing up as a person in my teens that um, going through adversities in life and 
I think we all need some kind of support. We all need some kind of let out, and you know, the world can be a harsh place. Um, and this is one of the things that subconsciously we can actually channel them into the right path. Um, you know, many many of us grows up through the teenage, and we go into drugs, we go into um, cigarettes, we go into alcohols. Those are necessities um, in a way that we need something to rely on, to fall back on, um, to cope with the world. And musical instruments for me was, was my alcohol, it was my let out. And actually meditation was um, a, a supporting mechanism until I was able to experience adversities in the world, then I didn't really understand how important it was. The one important message that I'd like to leave today is um, our quest and a sense of purpose that we have in this world. So not all of us have figured out why we're here for, and if you haven't, that's okay. Um, but it is very important to, to get in tune with yourself and to allow yourself to find and discover that uh, purpose, that inner purpose of what is important to you. Whether it comes to you through dreams, whether it comes to you through um, uh, your jobs or your career, um, finding that purpose is the most important thing. Through the practice of meditation, we hope to get in touch with our inner self and be able to find out what these purposes are. Once you're able to find that out, it's going to change your life forever. Being in tune is, to me, being the most offensive version of you. Being, being the most unapologetic version of you. And being okay with, uh, with, with everything that you are. In order to find this and being able to realize this, meditation, the act of meditation practice, will guide you through um, this process. When we're able to achieve that, then finding the purpose will come naturally. We'll be able to find out what it is that we're here for. Good, thank you so much. Access now exclusive meditations from these special guests. And a lot more is available on new TuneIn app. When you tune in, the world turns into you. There are more than a thousand meditation tracks with binaural beats and AD sound technology. Improve your quality of life. Be more focused. Sleep better. Have more energy and disposition. Improve your immune system. Reduce stress and depression. Find out more on our website www.utuning.com